guest, the voice of Arizona State University Hockey, Tyler Paley. Behind the Masks College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to win college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to behindthemask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. AT&T Wireless, unlimited high-speed 5G data at no extra cost. Liberty University, play for something more, faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. And by Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your next stay at drurryhotels.com or at 1-800-DRURY-IN. College Hockey West live from the Summer Skate Studios, presented by Behind the Mask, as part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans, as it may be. It is Sunday night, which means it's time for College Hockey West Live. It's our uh, Sunday night staple where we review the NCAA action from this past weekend. Scott Strandy with you tonight, not from Denver, Colorado, but from beautiful Tempe, Arizona. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you? Not, unfortunately, in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> it rained, Paul. It I rained don't care the about the rain. Days. I don't it's care about the rain. It's 76 degrees today. Yeah, your point. <laughs> My point is, you would have had to have an umbrella. Nah, right. you don't want that. Right, no. No, no. <laughs> there was no reason for me to be there this weekend. <laughs> no, none whatsoever. None yeah. whatsoever. So, I mean. Anyway, uh, let's jump right into this thing because we got a great guest that's going to join us in just a couple of minutes. But um, if you're under a rock in the college hockey world, you did not realize there were two big events, at least for the teams that we cover. The Lindenwood yeah. Lions uh, played their very first home game uh, yep. as an NCAA Division One program against Air Force. And Paul, they got weekend. a victory. Uh, it, was, it was a crazy weekend all over the place. Um Linden was down six to two in that game. Yeah. And you're sitting there saying, All right, well, you know, hey, this is an expansion team. It is what it is. Right? Um, um but you know, they 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 mounted a huge comeback and score the last five goals of the game and um get the last one with about a minute and a half to go in regulation. And um, it was really exciting to watch. I mean, I was trying to watch about six different games at once this weekend. Um, 
So you're taking it kind of slow this weekend because normally you're yeah. way more than six. Yeah, it, let's <laughs> let's just say unfortunate unfortunately uh, for the capital of hockey was not the best of weekends. Yeah, yeah. Can we just skip over that part of it? I we can, it but we have to acknowledge it happened, whether we like okay. it or not. I said it was a bittersweet weekend, and yeah. there was definitely some bitter, and there was definitely some sweet that could have been sweeter as we oh, yeah. get into the Arizona State thing in just a second here. But um, congratulations to Ryan Finnegan. He's the kid, fifth-year kid at, at Lindenwood that, that gets the first goal ever uh, in their program, I believe. Right. And he also got the game winner to, to win their very first game. So uh, that just tells you that ACHA players – can also play in the NCAA. Well, we, as we know, for various numbers of reasons, the the level of played ACHA hockey is 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 gotten much better, especially at the top level of ACHA hockey. Um, some of those players uh, choose to play at ACHA schools, at least the top level ones, and instead of say uh, playing at the D three or uh, the low D1 level for the most part. Um, so we know the hockey's gotten better. Um, UNLV gave Anchorage all it could handle this weekend. Uh, Fairbanks did not have quite as much luck. Uh, well, weekend, and, and in all fairness to Fairbanks, too, um, they, they had some tough opponents coming. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they've yeah. been on the road. They've been bouncing yep. around. They go back home, and Michigan Tech isn't necessarily a pushover ball. No, well, no, no, no. Michigan Tech is a good team. Uh, you know, uh, they're, 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 they're a quality team. Uh, they, you know, they, they're a historic program, um, and they're going to battle you all the way. And, and, you know, they're sitting there and they play with some toughness. Um, and you know, they're actually kind of one of the teams that's used to the, the heavy travel because it ain't that easy to get from anywhere in the UP, <laughs> right? Anywhere, yeah. anywhere. It doesn't matter where. To anywhere, uh, especially Except- uh, today in the Moral Park, because they're getting like eighteen inches of snow up there. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! No! Oh my! I mean, unless they're playing, you know, unless they're playing Northern Michigan, uh, their uh, yeah, travel by is the way, almost that, as hard that was as anybody. Mark, that's forecast. I saw was eighteen inches. So oh. our grandpa Tommy is uh, is figuring out a way to uh, shovel and use a snowblower. <laughs> oh, my Lord, no. I mean, okay. people live there? Uh, yeah, I'm told. Um, anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, down here in Tempe, Arizona, it's 76, but it's going to warm right back up tomorrow. So we'll uh, we'll handle that. I'll be here for another week, and then I'll go to, to Southern California for a little while, and then on to Vegas to see, guess what? Your Sun Devils the King, play baby. the Fighting Sioux. I'm sorry, Fighting Hawks. Yeah, the Fighting Hawks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, the beautiful T-Mobile Arena between before eighteen thousand people. And Paul, if you just play your cards right, we might just fly you in on Friday to make sure you're there as well. Well, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Can you I get out of your we... basement? Will somebody unlock the door and let you out? They might. I don't know. See, that's the whole problem. I don't know if they'll let me out. We'll, we'll check on Zoe and see if she'd do and it. She's going to have to. Yeah, you got to ask her if she has the key. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let's not mess around any longer because we got big stuff to talk about at the brand new Mullet Arena. So let's bring on our special guest tonight. We got the voice of Sun Devil Hockey. He got to do his first two games in the beautiful Mullet Arena. 
Tyler Paley joining us. Tyler, Scott, and Paul with you tonight. First of all, how are you? It was great seeing you in person again the other night. And uh, what was the weekend like for you, Tyler? Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. Great to see you the other night as well, Scott. Uh, Paul, wish you could have been there, but oh, I know we'll see you out here soon. But uh, but it was it was just an un <laughs> it was just an unbelievable experience out there. Um, it was you know such a remarkable event. You know, I got to uh, have the honor of emceeing the ribbon cutting ceremony, and then of course went on to our pregame coverage, game action, postgame coverage. So it was just so busy. It was an adrenaline rush from the moment I woke up that morning and. And we got to, you know, walk away with an Arizona State victory. So I don't think you could have, you know, asked for a better storybook ending. Okay, well, Tyler, let me hold on uh, a second, Paul. I got to give Tyler two two things that we got to correct here because right. um, Coach Powers told me, I said, wasn't it a perfect game? He gets the only thing that would have been better if it was 6 nothing. That's right. <laughs> so, so there's that one. And then secondly, um, he was asked also, Coach Powers, in the press conference, um, what his day was like, and uh, I want to know if you did the same thing because he said it was a an exciting day. But he went down to Nordstrom's and got a link taken out of one of his uh, his new wristwatch that his wife got him. Did you do that as well, Tyler? <laughs> I can't say that I did, but I guess kind of the mundane things of everyday life kind of keep your head focused a little bit heading into an event like that. Uh, it was hilarious, but yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, Paul. Well, see, here's here's the thing, though. Um, I, I'm sure, you know, as you, as you, as, as I'm sure you did, you watched those first four games on the road yep. and, you know, maybe it took a day or a day and a half or so. And you're like, holy smokes, this is for real now. The, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to use the phrase adrenaline rush, but, um, it kind of had to be, uh, the, the, that kind of I know that you know before you go on the air there's always butterflies but right did you have them like a week out because you started you know you had to start prepping for that coach's show that you do and and you you knew that the the ribbon cut I, I assume they gave you a, a heads up on the ribbon cutting ceremony etc and yep. you know just the whole deal because you know you had to go and figure out if all the equipment worked too right Yep. Yep. We are our own, like I told you guys a few weeks ago, our own producers, engineers, yada, 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 plus, you know, researching and actually calling the game. So, you know, as far as when it kind of set in, I guess it was before that Tuesday coaches show, you know, I had spent so much time preparing and really over preparing intentionally because, you know, at the end of the day, I've been away from this program for a few years now. Of course, I've followed along from a distance, but I don't know these guys, right? I know Coach Powers. I know coaches, you know, Field and, and Hicks. I know some of the guys behind the scenes, but not necessarily the players and kind of the environment now. So I was just over-preparing, um, and I did that intentionally, and I think it paid off. But it, this weekend also allowed me to realize you know, the flow of calling a game, the flow of writing the scripts for the shows and the pregame shows and, and so on. So I think that it was educational. Uh, I think it was decent. And I definitely think there's room for improvement. Okay. So, so Tyler, when you saw the guys on the ice for the first time in the retro baseball uniforms and moving around and you saw the student section and, you know, if you're like me, you, you, you immediately fell in love with having a pep band there. Um, yeah. It really felt like a full college environment, didn't it? 
It did. It did. You know, and it's hard for me because, you know, I've, I've traveled with the team um, on several occasions in years past and, and saw a bunch of different college hockey barns and that atmosphere. But it was hard to compare <laughs> to what I had seen here in Tempe before. And it, it did. It just felt like, you know, you have people wearing these sweaters of, of alums or even the Coyote sweaters. You have uh, ASU and maroon and gold all over the place in that arena. I mean, it's just beautiful. It, it really did feel like, wow. You know, we are on campus in Tempe, Arizona right now watching college hockey. It was surreal, but so exciting. Well, and 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 you were there, Tyler, at the beginning. I mean, um, you know, they, you know, you had those the Oceanside streams and uh, you did a, a Facebook version of the coach's show uh, way back when. And um, how much of it felt like, a little bit like putting on an old pair of shoes and how much of it was, Oh, this is, this is not the same. You know, I, I think it's like 50, 50, right? Like part of me, as I settled in really, I guess in the second period of Friday's game is when I really felt, okay, you know what? It's like riding a bicycle, right? You, you know, you can stop for a while, but you always, always remember how to do it. The, the instinct just kicks in there. And so it felt good. I think I need to, you know, get away from a little bit more of the, the generic stuff, the kind of copycat stuff as, as you call it, but that comes with time. So a lot of it felt natural, but at the same time, like I said, the preparation was key because I wanted to make sure I'm doing justice to tell these guys stories, to tell the program story. And, uh, and, and I think preparation is the best way to do that. Tyler, when the, uh, everything got rocking and rolling and, uh, there were some interjections, I know during the, uh, the opening game with, uh, some former players saying a few words and some of the current players on recording and doing some different things. And, uh, you're watching two Zambonis run around the ice and get that thing cleaned up in a hurry. I mean, it was, to me, it was kind of surreal. I mean, I'm sitting in that press box and I'm going like, man, it, we all dreamed about this for seven years or, or more. And, uh, now all of a sudden it's, it's real. And I don't think it hit me Tyler until Saturday sometime that this really happened. I, I think you're right. I, I tend to agree because I went home after the game and I, I sat up for a while. You know, I was exhausted physically, but my mind was still swirling. And I was just sitting there thinking like, wow, I just called a college hockey game in Arizona for a program that I was there for the very beginning of as far as the Division One level goes. And now it kind of comes full circle. And it, it really kind of sunk in at that moment that, wow, this is something I get to do week in and week out. And sure, it's a whole lot of work. And sure, it can be exhausting, but this is so exciting. This is what so many people work so long to be a part of. And just to be a small part of, of this team's journey is the, the honor of a lifetime. I, that's not an exaggeration. Okay, so was it a, a fitting moment that number 91 scored the first goal in the history of that building? I, I don't I don't think that there is a more fitting moment. I mean, that was just like you, you really couldn't have written the script any better than that. The hometown Scottsdale native, the captain of the team, of course, his namesake and, and the history in Arizona and, and the legacy that that carries. I mean, he deserved that more than anyone. And and quite honestly, if you watch the goal, which I know you did, Scott, it was a pretty impressive goal. It was a shot on net. He got his own <laughs> rebound. So it just shows how important it is to hustle into the slot and follow your own shots. Let, let me follow that up real quick before, before Paul jumps in because I know he's chomping at the bit on this one. But uh, I asked uh, Josh afterwards, I said, 
um, how did it feel to get the first goal? He said, well, I definitely made it hard on myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then yeah, I asked coach powers about it. And he said, there are hockey gods and they were in the building to make sure this happened. And uh, it's only fitting that uh, Josh Dorn is going to have that memory forever etched in uh, sun devil hockey. So, okay, Paul, take it away. <laughs> All right. So, because I'm trying to keep it to a certain, uh, a certain track here, because I want to get, I want all of this. I, I want all of the details and the stories of this. And, you know, the, to, to me, um, the, we'll get to, to me, I'll get to the on ice stuff eventually. But so you got to, you had to host the ribbon cutting, the ribbon cutting. Sorry, I try to keep it as <laughs> it's Long Island coming out. Yeah, I try to keep as little of that. Uh, there's only so much I can do without practicing every day, like I did <laughs> when I was in school. But um, uh, you had to do the ribbon cutting ceremony, and yep. you obviously knew about that, like I said, in advance. Five uh, minutes before. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, it could have been. I mean, listen, I'm not going to get into that either, but. Um, I think that was at like 4.45 in the afternoon Arizona time, uh, which means you probably got there about 3, maybe 2.30. Yep, yep, it was, yeah, I think I pulled into the parking lot at like 3, 3.15. So my question is, because this is, and I can only go by what would have gone through in my head, um, I probably would have gotten there that time that much earlier, but whether I had to do a ribbon-cutting ceremony or not for that first I. I mean, I don't know. I might have slept in the parking lot the night before. Um, um, how anxious were you? Forget about the, the actual events. How anxious were you to just actually get there? All day, my heart was was pumping fast. And you got to realize, I mean, I know you guys know this, but I, I work a full-time job, right? right. I have a, you know, a nine-to-five job normally, and luckily they've been so gracious and, and flexible with me that I was able to kind of sign on early Friday, kind of get my mind right, get my spotting boards finalized and everything, and then head out to the arena and everything worked out. But but yeah, I mean, I couldn't have been there early enough, right? Like I, I kind of set 3, 3.30 at the very latest to be my deadline, just to get a lay of the land, right? I had been on a tour, but not when it was fully completed. Wanted to right. get all set up, make sure there were no issues. And then, of course, do the ribbon cutting and then immediately head up to the booth just to finalize our prep for, for the pregame show. So it was go, go, go from the minute I parked. Now, did you and, and, and you know, some people would be superstitious about it. Some people would. Did you go to the soft opening a couple of days before? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. And, and I, you know, there, I don't really necessarily have a good reason why other than, you know, just busy with other things. Well, of course not. Uh, yeah. And, and I thought that I had a pretty good understanding of where things stood after, you know, having coach, uh, you know, do our show together on Tuesday. Right. Um, so, so that's really the best explanation I can give on that. Well, I just, I, I just, you know, I was just curious because um, when they, and this is years and years and years and years and years ago when they first redid the, 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 the press box over at Sun Devil Stadium. Yeah. Um, I, I know I got there really early just to kind of get a feel for how we were going to set up. So I, I guess you kind of had that already or, um, how, I don't know how much conversation you had with Alex going into it, uh, to kind of get things set up, uh, 
we you know, we did we did have quite a uh, quite a few conversations um fortunately you know we were we were searching long and hard for for who would be my partner in the booth this year and right. ends up being alex and and i'll tell you what through four or two games with him so far he has been magnificent i mean it's always good, I think, and I think I, I would hope you guys would agree that it's always good to have kind of a former player, a former coach, from their perspective as in that color role to kind of provide that that real first party um, uh, evaluation of what's going on. But with yeah. Alex, he not only gets the sport of hockey, but he does incredible research and and brings storylines to life. And that's exactly what you need in that role. So he's been awesome. But as far as getting a lay of the land, yeah, I mean, we had walkthroughs, we had tours, we, you know, made sure we knew how the equipment worked, what to do if it didn't work. Um, so we were pretty comfortable. But like I said, I mean, if I could have gotten there earlier, I certainly would have on Friday. <laughs> All right. So you 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 do the ribbon cutting ceremony, and that's outside. And you guys yep. had a really nice day for that. And. What's, somebody, I guess somebody said it was somewhere in the 90s. For Yeah, I was sweating quite a bit out <laughs> well, there. Well, yeah, you were wearing a suit. I'll, uh, so. I'll, I'll um, for that, too. It was uh, very warm. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I'm surprised, Scott, rain. you didn't have somebody with like a spray bottle misting you <laughs> to, you know, to keep you uh, cool. Um, I ran in and uh, just laid on the ice right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, you do the ribbon coating ceremony and, and and so now you're getting ready to go into the building yep as you kind of headed to the building did you kind of take a step back or stop for a second and take a deep breath and and get like wow this is really gonna happen in a sense i did because the first thing i did actually before the ribbon cutting when i went upstairs to the booth I entered, you know, concourse level. I walked right out. I forget the section number, but it was just, you know, right in the lower bowl area. And right. I just kind of looked around. You know, it was empty. You know, game ops folks were getting things set up. The video board was was making their final preparations. And I just kind of looked around and took in the moment. I mean, it, you know, it's it's tough, right? Because this is so not about me. But to be a part right. of it, to 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 remember this forever and just to have the privilege of doing this um, it, it, it's something that I want to tell my kids about one day, you know, I want to, I want to be so proud of this university of this program. Um, I'm a sun devil for life and it's just so cool to continue to be a part of this university's experience in, in different ways. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand that, you know, as you know, I'm one myself. Yep. Um, and, uh, even from afar, you think, God, oh, this is never going to happen. You know, even though. Uh, you, you keep your fingers crossed and one day it does and then it does. And um, so, and, and for the technical part of it, um, even doing the streams, you were doing video. This yes. is now radio. And I don't know how much Blaze stuff you might have done. Uh, None of it. You, okay. Uh, so how much did you have to check yourself as you're, as a, as you're preparing, and B, uh, as you're going through it, to almost be like, all right, I can't, I have to say more because I'm not used to this. Because obviously, you have to be much more descriptive for a radio call than a TV call. Yeah, you hit you hit the nail right on the head there. And it's funny you say that because Alex and I had that conversation after last night's game. You know, he's coming off of a simulcast assignment down in Memphis with his AAA squad down there. 
right. for baseball, of course. And so he had to figure out that balance as well. You know, we're, we're on a stream and radio. How descriptive do I need to be? And I, I had that conversation with him yesterday. And, and of course, you, you guys are well aware this is no science. I mean, this is a no. hard, right? So you're, you're always trying to kind of perfect it and tweak it a little bit. I, I like to think that you want to be descriptive so the listener can see what's going on on the ice in real time. But at the same time, uh, you don't want to be overly descriptive where they can't absorb the information you're telling them or you're just kind of babbling out there. So it is a fine line to walk. It's a balancing act. Um, but you most certainly need to be more dis- descriptive than TV or streaming simply because you don't have that visual aid to help you out uh, if you miss a call or, or miss a play. Yeah, Tyler, there were no plays that you could miss. <laughs> <laughs> Amen I mean, to that. <laughs> that was that was uh, a really fun first game. The second game was equally as fun. I want to get your thoughts on the team itself, at least for the first game, because um, I thought they were dialed in. It, it, people told me that I think they were tight. I, maybe, maybe if they were tight, it was the first period, but boy, once Donor got that goal, it looked like uh, they opened up. They're just having a hard time getting the puck in the net. I mean, they're doing everything that you need to do to score goals. You're just not, they're just not quite finishing. And I, I think there's so much talent there. And you got a guy like TJ Semptonfelter in net, and you know that, you know, you know, one or two goals might be enough some nights. And that's spot on, right? I mean, TJ, I, we could talk for this whole show about oh, sure. TJ Semptonfelter. He has just been remarkable. I mean, um, but as far as the offense goes, I, I completely agree, you know, and it's tough to watch because what we notice from our vantage point is that they're getting opportunities, right? They're they're getting out on the fast break. They're getting those three-on-two opportunities, and they're getting plenty of chances to kind of set up the play from behind their own net, start with a defenseman, and work their way up the ice. The issue is they'll get one, maybe two shots off, and then it'll somehow be cleared out of the zone. So there isn't that sustained pressure on opposing goaltenders and and a guy like Carter Guylander for Colgate, who's an NHL draft pick, he'll play for the Red Wings one day or another team. uh, You can't let him off the hook that easy. You need to keep the pressure on. And it's just hard without that sustained pressure to make anything happen. Well, uh, at least for this past weekend, um, I think they got pucks on the net Friday night uh, and enough pressure on it Friday night. And they just, you know, Saturday, they just missed the net too much. That's you, right. You, you yeah, there were a lot of shots sent wide. Yeah, you can't, you can't sustain the pressure if you're not getting the puck on the net because, you know, uh, you even said it yourself, get the puck, go down, it crashed the net because that's what that's how you score. The game hasn't changed in 100 years. Get the puck in, yep. get it to the net, crash the net, go for rebounds. That's how you score a majority of your goals. And unfortunately, that did not happen on Saturday night uh, the way it did on Friday when, when, when Josh, it was, he splits the defense, gets the shot on goal, and has the quick enough hands to get the rebound. I mean, you can't do it any better than that. No, and that, that was an, a remarkable individual effort. And then the other goal in that game was a great example of exactly what you want to do, right? Jensen finds Ryan O'Reilly moving into the slot. O'Reilly does the rest and finishes the job. I mean, it shows what this offense can do. They have the skill there. Um, it's it's really just about executing. You know, I, I don't know if he said it in the postgame press conference, Scott. You may have heard him. But what in our uh, postgame interview on the radio, we asked Coach Powers kind of what went wrong. And he said he felt like the offense was 
was just getting a little too cute on Saturday. And I asked him what he meant by that. And he said, they're just moving it around a little too much, right? They're not sending those shots on that non-net. They're not crashing the net and setting up screens in front of the opposing goaltender. They're getting a little too cute, too many passes and not enough shots. And, and that's the recipe for success if, uh, if you flip the script there. You know, and the other thing, Tyler, is uh, a couple of guys that stood out to me. Obviously, TJ was was outstanding. I've already called him a top five goaltender in the country. I don't know. Sure. Uh, I don't know how many uh, better ones there are going to be. Maybe his uh, the guy that's playing in front of him at Northeastern. That's right. <laughs> he, yeah. might, he might have something to say about it. But but I thought he was outstanding. I really thought that the biggest move that coach made between the road trip and this series was moving Jackson Niedermeyer to defense. Uh, I asked him about that a couple of different times and, and he said, well, we, we talked with him about it and he said, you know, he'd be willing to try it. And we kind of told him, we said, Hey, you know, your bloodlines say you've got one of the best skating world-class defensemen of all time <laughs> as your father. Maybe yep. you can, uh, maybe this will be a good fit for you. And I think having Jackson on the ice and I noticed more, Saturday night, Tyler, I don't know if you did either, but um, it seemed like he was jumping into the play and I was watching guys come back. So we'll get to that in just a second. And the other guy I thought was uh, outstanding was Demetrius Kumanzis. I thought that was as physical and as hard as I've seen uh, Como play uh, in his four years at Arizona State. Both of those guys, uh, you hit the nail on the head again. Both of those guys were unbelievable. I mean, Jackson was was really, really good in that point position, right? He was getting plays started. He was hustling. He was taking big hits. Um, he, he just made plays out there. And Jackson Niedermeyer is, is somebody to watch for, I think, for increased ice time and to continue to be a major role player uh, as far as the defense goes. And then Como was, was just unreal. I mean, it, you know, it was a treat to be able to see him in person and uh, kind of see how fast he moves and how much uh, physicality he plays with. You know, he was he was hustling towards the puck every single time. He plays with speed. He plays with smarts. He, he wins battles in the neutral zone. So I think both of those guys are, are key players. And I would add Robert Mastro Simone to that. I mean, that guy is just yeah. fun to watch. <laughs> I agree. If you ask Leanne Blinn who the strongest guy on the team is this year, she's got to say, uh, Como, I joked with him when I did our preview. Uh, I said, you know, I know you're wearing a sweatshirt now because you don't want to show me off those guns, right? Um, <laughs> he's he is just built incredibly tough, and it you know, fingers crossed that he stays healthy because he's going to be a force. I mean, you just have to account for him every time he's on the ice. Absolutely, yeah, real talented player. So uh, now that that you have done the first weekend and you said you and Alex were talking yesterday after the, after, after the Saturday night game. Um, do you feel that you have 20% more comfortable or you, 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 you feel like you're, uh, you've got a better handle on this. I, you know, I, I assume you guys had plenty of discussion after Saturday, especially, you know, the, the things that people don't see, which are the things that I'm obviously interested in, is the technical aspect of things. Even yeah. if it's as simple of, even if it's as simple of, all right, Alex, I'm going to take, when I, when I, when I'm going to stop talking, I'm going to grab your arm, say something. Right. And, and I think that's, that, that's exactly right. You know, we, we kind of talked about how I, you know, need to be go, go, go as the play by play guy throughout game action. 
But if there's even if there's not a stoppage in play, but perhaps, you know, a play slows down, you know, some line changes occur and you have a moment, I need to find a better way to kind of lay out and let Alex bring in some of his perspective. And on the flip flip side of that, Alex was the first to admit that perhaps some of his kind of responses or comments were a little long winded. I actually right. disagree with that. I thought they were pretty good. <laughs> but hey, look, we're we're both kind of looking at ways to make this as good as it can be. And so even the small things, right? Even even if they're things that that he and I only notice, or, or guys like you, Paul, who kind of pay attention to the nuances of it, uh, look at. It's always about getting a little bit better, getting a little less generic, thinking about saying things in different ways. And it's tough because a lot of it is off the cuff during the game, right? A lot of it's scripted ahead of time and, right. you know, can fluctuate a bit. But yeah, I mean, even even small things like setting up the, the Comrex unit that we use to connect to the station in Phoenix, um, it, it's, you know, there's a learning curve there, right? I mean, I, I heard some of my calls back on Friday. They were a bit overmodulated. And yeah, is it the right. end of the world? No. Will the normal viewer or listener uh, really care? No. But it's things like that that we just want to refine. Well, listen, that's those. I, I, uh, and, listen, and Tyler, know this he means it too because he lets me have it. <laughs> oh, well, listen, you know, uh, Tyler, this is, you know, it, it was a different world when I did it, but the mechanics don't change. Right. You know, you still have to look, you know, the equipment might change, but the mechanics of doing it, the, the actual broadcast itself doesn't really change. The verbiage might change a little bit, the mechanic, you know, the, the physical equipment, because, you know, we were still using dial up. Back in the mid. Oh come on! It was um, you would have really had to get there like six hours early. Oh my god! And, and there, listen, there were times where we showed up and there was no phone line, so I had to go <laughs> scurrying for phone lines. So, um, you know, and and as and as Scott knows, and the people that listen to the you know that that listen to fairly regularly know that's the stuff that I'm also interested in because uh, it you know things didn't go the way I always thought they would go, but that doesn't change. Uh, my interest in that because it is so different. Um, and, you know, because Alex has got to be able to say something to you too and be like, you know, hey, hey, I saw something. I have to say something. And I heard you guys talking about uh, things like, well, I noticed that most of the goals went to one side in yep. uh, Bemidji and things of that nature. Um, you can only talk about that so much without having you know before the game right and at some point the mechanics of the actual broadcast uh, when you haven't done it is is definitely a little nerve-wracking no yeah no it is i mean you know you never know how it's going to go especially of course like i said the pregame is, is scripted out at least to right. a point where we know what we're going to say maybe not right. word for word but we know what we'll talk about but then you get into game action and neither of us knows where we're going next right i mean if one of us kind of flubs something or gets something wrong you know we'll we'll bounce back from it but i don't know what alex is thinking in his mind until he says kind of you know this is the right time to add this perspective. And, and I think that's a good example where he made an observation on film that a lot of the goals uh, heading TJ's way were going to one side, I believe his glove side. And he wanted to make that point. And he, he had told me about it before the broadcast. And I said, look, whenever it fits, feel free to bring it in. Obviously don't bring it in at a random time in the game, <laughs> but that's a great observation. And I think it's, it's really important to give that perspective to our listeners. 
Tyler, let me uh, let me step you back to the uh, the pregame because I'll tell you what I felt, and you being an alum and Paul being an alum, uh, it might be a little different. I mean, I sat with Coach Powers in his office before the decision was ever made to become D one way back when, but um, I got a feeling that the Arizona State University community finally realized that this is big time um, at 445 on Friday. And and I just want your perspective from the guys that were on the podium with you, from Frank Ferrara uh, to, to Coach Powers to Ray Anderson. And I, I thought it was really interesting that Ray brought out the point that he was so nervous uh, two years ago that things might fall apart. And I don't know that that the Sun Devil faithful really maybe understood that, that it wasn't, it wasn't a done deal. Was it? Paul, I think I lost you there towards the, the last few. No, I'm here. Okay. There we oh. go. Um, so, so yeah. sorry, re just repeat your, your question there at the end. I apologize. Oh yeah. No, I was just saying, I said, I think up in the, uh, uh on the podium with you, you had different, different people with Frank Ferrara and you had, um, you know, uh, Coach Powers and Ray Ray Anderson, and when Ray was saying that he was legitimately nervous over the last couple of years that maybe the pandemic was going to derail this project and how important it was to finish it, I don't think the average Sun Devil hockey fan knew, um, you know, who, the the precarious situation it might have been in for a period of time. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly right. And it's it's tough, right? Because it makes sense when you look back and say, wow, I mean, we all know how much COVID affected every aspect of our lives. And to see a project like this arena costing quite a few dollars and quite a few man hours and, you know, everything that goes into it from so many departments and, and organizations, um, it, it makes sense. But to hear that and to then turn around and be able to see the arena standing there ready to go for opening night, it really is a remarkable feat. And a lot of people deserve credit for that. I think Frank Ferrara is somebody who flies way under the radar. And I think, you know, perhaps he likes it that way, but he is just an unbelievable guy. In fact, I'll give you guys a preview if you tune in on Tuesday to Hell Frozen Over, he'll be joining us. So we're excited to chat oh, with him. Nice, uh, but nice. but Frank, Ray, Morgan Olson, the CFO, and of course the Mullet family. I mean, they they are all just such key contributors um, to making this this you know fairy tale at one point come to life. Can I give well, you one quick disappointing thing from my end of it? And sure. It's pretty, it's pretty minor, but uh, it's got nothing to do with the broadcast or the game ops or the game going on or anything. But uh, I just kind of strolled around the, the concourse and I was going like, you know, uh, this mullet thing is kind of cool. And I was kind of disappointed, Tyler, that when I got to the concession spots, there wasn't a whole lot of mullet stuff anywhere. I thought this would have been a golden opportunity, I thought, to really market it and market hockey. And uh, and I saw and I had a chance to visit with somebody in charge, I guess, uh, Saturday night after the game. And when I was walking out and he goes, yeah, you know, we just. You know, we got some stuff over at Sun Devil Stadium, and I'm going like, yeah, I think you need to put more hockey out there. You know, ASU <laughs> uh, hockey, Sun Devil hockey, because that I, you know, and I guess that's just the hockey guy in me. Uh, Tyler, don't listen. Don't pay any attention to him. He should worry about his own hair. <laughs> I have to as well, you know. I mean, holy smokes. Come on. You know? no. well, I, I tell you what. I'd be fair if I didn't at least have some sort of critique, right? 
<laughs> I hey listen yeah you got to look at the the bad with the good I suppose and I I don't disagree with you I will say I'm kind of bummed as an alum here uh that there were none of those jerseys or sweaters available in the in the arena because that's yes. what I really wanted yes I agree with you and I'll tell you uh, now let me give you the positive sides I love the media workroom I thought that was fantastic that they built that in yep um, and you know I mean I know it was packed with people because of the first weekend so I know it was a little tight in the press box and stuff like that but um, at Colorado College they've got a beautiful new building but you can't walk behind anybody on press row because it's too narrow <laughs> so you have to ask everybody to get up and get out so you can get past them down the line so and that's something that they can't they can't really fix it's structural right so it happens everywhere but man I thought that workroom was great. Um, I kind of joked with Paul because I know it was first night, but the uh, security guys were cleaning everybody out, and they said, you know, we have to clear the arena, and we know you got work to do, but we can't let you stay up here. And I was going like, well, I was up for that Duluth-Arizona State game on, on that Sunday night game, and uh, Matt Wellens and I from the Duluth News Tribune were there like three hours after the game ended. Yeah. A few left in the arena, so I'm sure that will probably change, but – all in all, I thought it was fantastic. I don't know if you saw anything that you thought needed to be um, critiqued or fixed other than the jerseys, but yeah, that was something I was disappointed in. Yeah, you know, I, I guess it's all just growing pains, right? I mean, even just small little things like usually media members don't need to dump out our water bottles, for example. They made me dump out mine before entering the arena. And like, no, no by no means is it the end of the world. Like, you know, we, we move on and, and life is what it is. And and that'll adjust, right? They're, the security folks there are learning their roles. I know video production is looking to make a couple of improvements. And so it's really just growing pains. But I, I do agree with you. There is absolutely room for improvement and i'm sure we'll see that you know next weekend and beyond all right you guys were there okay and 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 obviously so and, and and had a little bit different perspective even though it was relatively similar was the building as loud in person as it seemed like on friday night uh, from far away yes Friday, yes. Yes. I, I would say Friday, absolutely yes. I mean, 5,000 strong. You know, you saw some scattered open seats, but right. what I realized is so many people chose to stand in the standing room section and in the uh, the Coors yes. Light Club. And so that's that's why the seats were, were a little bit empty for, for a while there. But overall, yeah, it was super. I mean, and the because... sound system itself, uh, Tyler, was incredibly good, I thought. I mean, that's going to be a heck of a venue for a concert. Oh, yeah. And so intimate, right? I mean, you're right there. I mean, yeah. you know, and I and I asked that because I watched a little bit of the women's game on, I guess it was Wednesday night. And I'm like, wow. I mean, I did the bill. You know, I don't know how many people were officially were there, but I go, wow, the people making noise are pretty loud. Yep. Um, and I'm like, what is this place going to sound like when it's full? And like you said, do you have that's kind of the yin and yang, right? Of new buildings, you want to put in all these other things, and you almost you're sitting there and like, yeah, we want everybody in the seats, but we also want everybody to do this and do that in terms of standing around on the concourse and watching the game from those the the the, the standing room spots, so to speak, and and. And, and those are all the, the minor details that have to be worked out. And some people want to sit in the seats and some people want to stand over there and, and get a different view. Um, you know, those things are only have to get worked in at a time. Um, 
the same thing with with with, with our with, with the nine four two crew, right? I mean, I'm sure they did things at Oceanside that that were restricted by size and space that they can do now and, and couldn't do the past seven years. No. Oh, no doubt. I mean, even just starting with the the simple, you know, in-house video production that they do and put up on the Jumbotron there. I mean, it, it's it, it, they're able to incorporate activations now that get the crowd more into it. You know, fans are, are bringing posters and signs like you see at NHL games. Uh, there was one messing with Colgate yesterday of like the top five ranked toothpaste <laughs> and Colgate was not ranked or something. So, you know, you, you see more of what you see at normal sporting events and, and and kind of fans and that friendly rivalry atmosphere that perhaps was a little bit absent at Oceanside. You know what else, Tyler, that I noticed was uh, the way they set up the entrance for the visiting team to have to come right next to the band in the stage yeah. section. That was unbelievable because they were giving it to them. They were giving them some booze and, and razzing them every time they came in and out of the, uh, the arena ice surface. And, man, that was a brilliant setup. And I'm sure Coach Powers had a lot to do with that. No doubt. Uh, yeah, that was definitely intentional. And I'm curious to see, uh, you know, aside from ASU, how it affects the Coyotes and their opponents, because my understanding is they'll both enter from that same area. I could be wrong on that, but but it'll be interesting to see, you know, in an NHL atmosphere as well. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I know this is not an NHL show. And, and let me throw this out there real quick on that topic, but I thought, and Paul and I have talked about this being a great college venue. I call it the crowning jewel of college hockey in the West, and I truly believe that. But um, I thought you guys did a fantastic job in the in the ribbon cutting and everything else. I mean, you alluded to other things gonna, going to go on in there, but you made it really Arizona State hockey home, and I thought that was fantastic. And I've heard from, from other people around the country already that have said, Man, that building that that that's real. That's big time NCAA hockey. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I appreciate that, and I think that you know we're just we're seeing steps made by this program that once seemed like a fever dream, and and they're just so real now that you really do just have to take a step back and say, man, like we made it. And and I struggle to say that even because of course you know we made it means you know we won an NCAA tournament. We we were in the Frozen Four. We made another regional, you know, so there are still so many milestones to hit. Um, but it certainly seems like this program is well on its way to competing with the best of the best in college hockey. Well, here's the other thing that it does, and, and this is not something that uh, that the, the, the normal fan thinks of because it's not in their purview. But, you know, un until Friday night, well, probably a little bit before that, but basically, you know, un until Friday night, you know, and that building opened, um, it was not, uh, you know, people were always saying, can it make it? Can it make it? You know, what are they going to do? What are they, you know, as long as they were playing at Oceanside, it could have gone away just as fast as it came in. Sure. And now that's, you know, uh, 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 infinitely remote possibility because now you have a building to play in they're going to make money and as long as you do that you know you, you you're gonna you know th those are not the things you worry about now uh you now the pressure really starts because now there's far more expectations 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think you you hit the nail on the head again because now hockey is poised to one day perhaps become a revenue generating sport, just like football and basketball and and usually baseball as well, right? The others yeah. don't necessarily generate revenue, but are, are still so important to the exposure of the university. Right. Hockey can rise to that level, I think, and and I think they could do it really quickly and right. impact on campus. You know, even with this this radio. Um, deal. It shows the seriousness that administration takes in this program, in, in this in this team, and I think that you know it just shows the investment is paying off, and they are willing to continue. Even look at, at more evidence with Coach Powers getting that extension. I mean, right. that would have happened if they saw this program or him as not the leader uh, of the future. And clearly, the university is invested fully in Sun Devil Hockey and in Coach Powers and the way he does things. Yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from Colgate because we know uh, no matter where they rank in toothpaste, but <laughs> to, co- to college hockey fans, Tyler, uh, next weekend I think is when it's going to really hit for real when, when Colorado College comes to town because they're excited about being in this building. ASU is excited to play them. They're, uh, they've been down a few years now, but they're an NCHC team. They're a dominant team from out west, if you will. And uh, I just think that next weekend is going to be the weekend where things really start to get fired up. No doubt. And, and they're a talented team, right? I mean, I know they're coming off yep. of two straight losses to a talented St. Lawrence team on the road. So discount those for a second. That's going to be another tough matchup. And I, I asked Coach Powers because Colgate came in 0-2-0 to Tempe, and they took one of them away, got their first win of the year. So there are no gimmies in college hockey. You can play the best teams in the nation and win. You can play some of the worst teams in the nation and lose. So this is by no means a gimme. And ASU has a real opportunity here, as you know, heading into a game with uh, with North Dakota and Vegas that's going to be really, really tough. And so I think this coming weekend will be imperative to setting the tone for, you know, weekends to come. So I mean, it's it's a different deal now than it was when everybody was getting their feet wet seven years ago. Um, I know it, it's a if it's it's a different experience for me when I first started doing this with Scott. Um, you know, I was aware obviously of college hockey, but I didn't. You know, it wasn't completely on my radar, and and just getting up to the minutia and. And the, I don't want to say, just trying to learn, like, some of the backstories just of the game itself. How much time do you get to spend on that? Because, uh, obviously, as ASU plays all of these different varied and storied programs, um, those factor into what you guys do on Friday and Saturday nights, no? Yeah, they do. And and what I found most interesting, and I, I guess I just didn't recall this from, you know, my time many years ago when I was in school calling these games, was how much information you just pick up through the casual conversations that aren't recorded or live right. anywhere. You know, when I talk to Coach Powers off the air at, at Venezia's uh, on Tuesday nights, when I talk to Paige, our, our great SID with Sundival Hockey, um, you know, before the game or after a game last night, we, we just share those kind of little tidbits and it gets a conversation going where you're like, that's some great perspective that I wouldn't have known if we didn't just have this casual conversation. And so, you know, I do quite a bit of research, like I told you earlier, but it's more so just talking to people close to the team, close to college hockey as a sport 
that have that perspective and background and experience that I can shed a little bit of light on, even if it's like a little snippet here or an anecdote there, it just adds that much more flavor to a broadcast and to my own perspective and understanding of this sport. All right, Tyler, I'm going to, I'm going to end my, my question for you on this. I know we're running out of time, but um, two things. I saw a billboard today and uh, it said rock the mullet. And I thought that was pretty (laughs) cool that there's actually talk of hockey, uh, college hockey on the billboards on I-10. So, so kudos to ASU and everybody for getting that done. And, uh, and the other thing is, um, if you want to know a couple of tidbits about these, this next weekend game, I'll give it to you right now. Hopefully we'll see three Ryans playing for ASU. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see three Noahs playing for Colorado College. Interesting. Okay, good to know. I'll keep an eye out for that. Hopefully, they're not all on the same line. Oh, no, that would be the most fun, at least for everybody else thing, anyway. And the other thing, Tyler, is if uh, Caden Embarico starts uh, a game for Colorado College, which I no, think no, will, no, 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 sponge. no, no, it's Caden no, it's Caden the Sponge Embarico. <laughs> Why is that? Oh. He, I, I asked him, I asked Coach Mayad in the press conference last week, I said, do you guys just pour water over Caden? Because when the puck comes to him, it's like a sponge. It just sticks to him. Yep. <laughs> oh, That's good well, to know. I might throw that into the broadcast. No, don't. No, Charles don't encourage him. No. <laughs> he, he loves it. He thought it was pretty cool. And he's uh, he's got a heck of a background because he's played the World Juniors and uh, World Junior Championship. He's been in the national team for a couple of years. So uh, he will be a key. But I don't think he'll start Friday. I think it'll be Saturday. But anyway, just keep in mind, you could see three Noahs and you could see three Ryans if I had it my way. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks for that. Now, I'm, now I've got to spend a few hours extra studying. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, here's my last question. And besides the obvious, the, the, the Josh Doan goal and, 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 and the win, et cetera, what was your favorite moment of the weekend as you had a chance to catch your breath today and look back at the weekend. Oh, Paul, that's easy. It was it was shaking my hand. Well, obviously, it was. Did, did, did. It was. Oh, jeez, don't encourage him, please. You know what? I, I gotta live with this. I, I I tell you what, it was one moment, and it was so small but so impactful. And I'll tell you exactly what it was. At the end of the ribbon cutting ceremony, uh, Coach Powers was walking off stage. He walked right past me. And I just tapped him on the, the arm and I said, hey, good luck tonight. And he looked at me and he said, you too, Tyler. And that moment, again, so small in ordinary life, just made me realize, man, like as much as I am on their team, right? I am a member of their team now and it feels like such an honor to be there. Um, they're on my team as well. They're rooting for my success just as much as I am for everybody on that team, on that coaching right. staff and behind the scenes. And it made it truly feel like this is an all hands on deck effort to elevate this program, to be a part of something special. And I'm just really, really thrilled to have the privilege to be along for the ride. Tyler, you know that uh, you and I go back a little while now with this program and uh, uh, you're on, you're on our team and we're on your team as well. I hope because we, uh, it's a thrill. It felt like family. It really did. I, I told Paul, it was kind of surreal for me because I walked around the building and people were tapping me on the shoulder and saying like, oh, nice to see you again and this and that. And when I saw you up in the broadcast booth, it was like, man, this is this is like family again. It was so cool. So congratulations on your success, continued success. And 
uh, forks up. Yeah, forks up. Couldn't agree more. And thank you, guys. Thank you for always inviting me back. And and please don't hesitate to reach out. Love chatting with you guys and uh, wish you both the best. Paul, you got to get out here soon. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm trying. Uh, they got like I said, they have to un- unlock, get me out of the basement. So I, until then, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, well, we hope to see you soon. I really appreciate it, and Scott, hope to see you t- uh, soon as well. Yeah, you'll see me this weekend, and you'll see Good. me uh, at, in Grand, yeah, Grand Forks. Grand you'll Grand. see me in Las Vegas because I'm sure you're headed there as well, right? Yes, sir. We'll be there, so we'll see you there as well. All right, that's uh, that's Tyler, Thanks, Tyler Bailey, the voice of Sun Devil Hockey in the brand new Mullet Arena. We'll be right back in just a couple minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey West Live. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky those sweaty gloves and pads yuck well there's only so much you can do about it but when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent that's easy our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine then air dry overnight and they're ready for the next shift at the rink customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number summer skates the ultimate hockey player's footwear are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Boy, goodness, please, please. Visit college.
collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. College Hockey West Live is coming to you from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. Indeed it is College Hockey West Live. It's Sunday night, which means uh, we recap what's going on tonight. Very special night, though, where we could actually recap the entire weekend with the voice of Sun Devil Hockey, Tyler Paley. So we certainly appreciate that. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Tempe, Arizona. Co-host as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, I would ask you to summarize, but I don't think we got three days because there's so much to get into. Um, but what I will say is that uh, this is exactly what I envisioned uh, with this building. It, it played out exactly the way I hoped and had envisioned it would. Uh, the only thing was it, it wasn't a sweep for the Sun Devils, but, you know, it, it is what it is as far as what happens on the ice. We know it's early in the year. We know they're going to get better. But uh, I just felt, and not being an ASU alum, uh, it, it's probably a little different for me, but I really felt like the, the ASU community and the student body and even the administration finally took this seriously. They finally said this is college hockey at the NCAA Division One level. Well, you know, I mean, I, I would say that it happened, that, that happened a few years earlier. They just got to express it this weekend. Um, when they committed to building the building, and especially once the pandemic hit, uh, the president of the university said, no, we're not stopping. As a matter of fact, uh, it's more important now than ever to make sure this building gets built because those are jobs. And those are jobs that can be handled safely because they were outdoors, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're like, nope, we're, 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 we're going to do this because this is what we do uh, at ASU. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're 100% right. Maybe that is the case. Maybe they were committed. Well, obviously, they were committed a few right. years ago, but it felt different, Paul. It really did. It felt like. Uh, everybody was just like coming together in this thing and not just 900 people going into Oceanside, but 5,000 people of all different uh, backgrounds and, and hockey fans, some new hockey fans. Right. I mean, there, there was just such a mix and, and uh, Oakview group did a great job with the concessions and uh, making sure everything was good. I just had a peek uh, being in the press boxes between the suites on the one side of the rink. Uh, I had right. a peek at what some of that food was going in there, and I'm going like, holy cow, this is big time. This is really big time in the suites. So they know what they're doing. I think they're going to put on a really good show. Uh, obviously, there's some bugs to work out of the system, and they'll they're get to it. But um, I, I will also say that, that uh, you know, and not whining, but the parking, but the parking structure being where it is, that's the best in hockey. Next, I mean, it's equal to Colorado College, which is attached to their arena right. but i mean well it it's it that that is a big factor i know it's tempe arizona it doesn't snow and all that but goodness gracious when you can just walk you know 100 yards uh to your car that's that's a 
pretty cool deal. And I'll also say the Hyatt House Hotel, um, man, having that a block down the street, I told you a couple of Coldgate players told me that that was fantastic because they could just walk to the hotel uh, in Tempe, Arizona and be right there. They didn't have to keep bust anywhere. I mean, that that is a big, big plus. Well, that'll be an even bigger plus in about two months. <laughs> when it snows, you mean, or what? Uh, well, <laughs> for example, um, even relatively quickly, considering what's already going on, um, you know, uh, come, uh, say, November and, and, and December, when uh, our buddies from Anchorage go down there, um, I, I'm sure that the folks from that other maroon and gold team uh, will be glad to be out of the various um, the various uh, uh, snowstorms that they've already been in. Same thing with you know as as December oh. and January hit. Oh no um, no I'm I'm saying I I know that I'm just saying that just uh, the on campus feel and the the fact that you're not being bussed across Tempe or across Phoenix or you know, a lot of people that I talk to in the media anyway complain about um, Gila River. They said, yeah, it was great when there were some games at Gila River, but my Lord, you had to go from the airport or Tempe all the way out to Gila yeah, River wow. for a game. And even if it was on a weekend and whatever, and it didn't happen that often, that was a pain. Well, this is a true college environment. I mean, right. I don't know that there's many places that have a parking garage right there and then have their hotel right there where the players could just literally walk a block. Right. Don't have to be bussed in. Uh, that that is just a win-win all the way around. And uh, trust me, you're going to hear it over and over and over again. Remember how we talked about this about whether this was going to be the crowning jewel and how it would be accepted? Well, once they start seeing this stuff, it will be accepted because you figure out where that hotel is. If you can get a room there, man, that's the place to be. No, yeah. I mean, listen, if you can walk to the arena, that's the best, right? All right, I'll also tell you one quick tidbit. Uh, I don't okay. know if you saw it on Twitter today, but poor Logan O'Connor had to wear a UMass National Championship <sighs> shirt in the locker room because yeah, that. Kale McCarr made darn sure <laughs> that, that when UMass, <laughs> UMass took care of uh, Denver, that, uh, that that bet was going to be paid off immediately, and I, uh, Kale got the T-shirt in his locker stall before there was anything else put in it. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean... I, I, we can do that tomorrow night, you know, because I, I don't know who you plan on bringing on as a guest. And, you know, I know you keep those things secret from me because you want me to sweat. What, what fun would that be? Yeah, you, I know. If you knew so, in advance. I know. So, I mean, we got that and, 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 and the other, you know, the other games that we can oh, we have, a little bit. We more. have stuff to talk about because yeah. the analytics uh, in tomorrow night's show on analytics and eyeballs is incredible. Not only what's happened. I mean, Denver, the reigning national championship, is two and two. Colorado College is now two and two. North Dakota is now whatever they are. Right. Um, UMD is uh, whatever they are. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, well you yeah. I, uh, yeah, and you look at what Minnesota did to Minnesota State. There was a little bit of a revenge uh, factor headed into Mankato when they came this weekend. Yeah, well, um, like I said, I'm planning on you know there's. Basically, uh, there's more darts to be thrown at the 16, and um, that's why I told you this way too early. 
But yeah, but that's the best part. That's the best part. There's going to be so many talking points now. How do you put so-and-so here? How do you put so-and-so there? I can't wait. I can't wait well, for it. Um, yeah, like I said, thing, I threw darts. The other thing is congratulations to, to Rick Zombo and Lindenwood for, yep. for getting that first win at the NCAA level. Uh, those, those pucks were gorgeous, and I told him that. I said, I need one of those, Rick. And he goes, yeah, we had to order more. <laughs> yeah, he did, did. They went through those in a hurry. Everybody wanted one. NCAA on one side, Lindenwood Lions on the other. Uh, history. Uh, Shh, listen, don't listen. You, you're going to say this out loud. And our buddy up there in somewhere else, you know, where you normally are, is going to want one. And he might beg us and get one before us. <laughs> no. No, that ain't happening. That ain't I'm happening. just saying. Well, I'll I'll take care of that part. Okay. <laughs> so it's going to be a big weekend coming up. I'm going to get out Tuesday to uh, Sun Devil Media Day, a chance to visit and do a player profile with one Jackson Niedemeyer, which I think is just a fascinating story. Um, he, he needs more ice time. This is going to give him more ice time, and it's going to make the team better in the long run. If you ask me, it already did make them better. I can't wait to sit down with Demetrius as well because uh, – Man, if there's a if there's a stronger hockey player in college hockey, I want to see him. He is an absolute horse. Well, you know, I, I I've said it before. When he got hurt last year, it changed the season. Yeah, well, let's uh, knock on wood that he stays healthy and yep. everybody else stays healthy because they're going to need all of them with the schedule they've got in front of them. But yep, um, really fun time. Appreciate everybody over at uh, Mullet Arena for taking good care of us uh, when we're there and. Uh, Again, I'll be back there next weekend for Colorado College and uh, Arizona State. Round two in the uh, the new mullet arena, so we'll look forward to it. Okay, big thanks to Tyler Paley, the voice of Sun Devil Hockey, for joining us tonight. Paul and I will say goodnight. Uh, no, we won't because you've got a read to do. From the Summer Skate Studios, Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Brought to you by AT&T Wireless, where you can get the latest phones free with eligible trade-ins. Go to att.com slash wireless for more details. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or behindthemask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at our two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. By the NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all of the action from the toughest conference college hockey. Drury's and Suites, an official Disney World hotel. Book your stay now at DruryHotels.com. Top Golf, play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf center or go to TopGolf.com. Liberty University, over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus. See us at liberty.edu. By College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is, in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live, presented by Behind the Mask, and all of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and available for download at wherever you get your podcasts from. Please subscribe to ITHSW Podcasts, all one word, Rate and review. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Mask College Hockey West Live and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network.
Well done, my friend. And uh, it's so great. We'll say it twice. Tyler Paley, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck the rest of the year as you uh, venture into this thing, which is going to become uh, iconic at the very least. So we appreciate Tyler coming on, the voice of Sun Devil Hockey. Uh, for Paul and myself, we'll say goodnight. For Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Good night. Good night, everybody.